The Gospel according to Luke, chapter 1, starting at verse 5, you will find these words. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, or Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. I've read to you these um, verses from 5 to 16, but the total context of this passage is from verses 5 through verse 25. And today I just want to talk to you from the thought, the beginning of the Christmas story, part 2. Right. Amen. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's word. Amen. Saints of God, those of us, amen, um, who was not able to be here on last week, amen. If you want to get part one, now that we have things published to the internet, amen, you can find verse the part one either on iTunes or Google Play or also Stitcher Radio. And it would be good for you to get that first um, part so that you can get a context for where we are going. Amen? Yeah. The beginning of the Christmas story, part two. Uh, the passage of scripture uh, that I read in your hearing is a portion of the scripture that contains um, the story of the beginning of the Christmas story as it relates to the forerunner of Jesus Christ. The forerunner of Jesus Christ whose name is John. John did not come to this world easily, nor did he leave it easily as well. Mm -hmm. 
But in this particular passage of scripture, I believe we can glean some um, good thoughts and some good information that we can apply to our lives today to be encouraged and to be edified in the times in which we live. Verses 5 through 7, I call them Herod. I call them Herod because even when your nation has a devil for a leader, God's will will still go on. Uh, One of the things that we must understand about uh, this world is that God is still in control. In the days of the beginning of this Christmas story, there was a terrible leader in charge of Judea. His name was Herod. They called him King Herod. And his actual name was Herod Antipas. Herod Antipas was the son of Herod the Great. Herod the Great, his father who reigned a man over Judea in the B.C.s going to the early A.D. And then his son Herod Antipas took over. But his son, even though Herod the Great didn't have the best of a report, Herod Antipas was even more scandalous. Herod Antipas was the kind of guy who would um, divorce his wife and marry his brother's wife. The strange thing about that story is uh, nowhere do we find that his brother divorced his wife. So there was some strange um, things going on in the life of Herod Antipas. Jesus Christ himself called Herod a fox. Herod Antipas was a no good for nothing leader. But he was the leader over Judea. But I want to point out that it does not matter who your leader is. Because in the end, God is the ultimate leader. God is able to get his work done no matter how strange and how anti-God the leadership is. We see in our text the truth of this because while Herod was king of Judea, there was a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. See, God, when he puts something in motion, there's no devil in hell that can stop it. See, you got to know that you know that you know that whatever God has given you to do, you don't get concerned about how everything is happening around you. Stay focused and stay undeterred and keep doing what God has called you to do because God is able to keep you whether it's rain or whether it's shine, whether it's snowing or whether it's flooding, whether it is hurricanes or whether it's typhoons, God is able to keep what he has provided for you to do. So the text shows us that God has kept the divisions that King David put into place in Judah many years earlier. 
We see the divisions where Zechariah and Abijah, amen, Abijah was his ancestor. In the days of, of David, David put into place 24 divisions. These divisions were of the priesthood so they could carry out the work of God, amen, in the kingdom of Judah. Well. We see even though Judah has gone through ups and downs, they have gone through Babylonian captivity. They have gone through wars and rumors of wars. And even now, Judea is now under the auspices of a pagan government called Rome. Even in the midst of all that, God's providence will be done. Well. So saints of God, you don't worry about laws that are passed. Don't worry about uh, ordinances that are put into place, uh, executive orders that are made, God will overturn all of that so that his providence is done. Because God is that kind of God. And God wants to use each and every one of us to carry out his blessed will in a world that's spinning around like a drunk man. In a world that has lost its way, he wants to use a people this people, so that the world might find their way. We see in the text that they were both righteous. Yeah, there are couples, amen, amen, who serve the Lord. Amen, even in today, amen, God is still raising up people, amen, that will serve him. Don't get discouraged and don't get disenchanted believing that God is still not raising up folks to do his will. He raised up folks to do his will in this day, and he will raise them up to do his will today. Amen. Because Jesus said to us, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No matter what, God's will be done. We look at the text, and we see that there is a problem. When we look in the word of God, there are problems everywhere. But how many of y'all know God is a problem solver? See, God, the God we serve, amen, shines best when there is trouble. And guess what, saints of God, if you follow him and you trust him and you serve him, you're going to shine best. You're going to shine best when it's most darkest. Amen. The text says, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. Elizabeth and Zacharias, they had been around a long time. They were, in their minds at least, and probably their society as well, past childbearing years. The dreams and the hopes that Zacharias and Elizabeth had was dim in the background. They were seeing more in their rear view mirror than through their windshield. Are y'all following me? Zacharias was being faithful to the Lord and doing his work in the ministry but there were issues in his life. There were disappointments. There were times that he wished things would have been different. 
By this time, probably Zacharias and Elizabeth had come to the realization, we're old now. We're not going to have no children. We're not going to have the, our lineage to go on any longer. We won't have our name to continue because it's too late. Well, Saints of God, I want you to be reminded that with God, it's never too late. Amen. See, God sees everything all at once. A day is to a thousand years as a thousand years is to a day with the Lord. Amen. See, when we have figured that the game is over, the folks has turned the lights off and the uh, cleaning up crew is coming to clean up the room, don't count God out. Amen. Don't count God out when you think you've gone past your opportunity. Because you never know what God has in store for you. Amen. So this word is to you today is to stay faithful. Well. To stay hopeful and to stay in an anticipating mode of life. Okay. Looking and waiting to see what wonderful and miraculous thing God might do in your life. Mm. We find in our text, amen, that, that God is a God that is able to do things not just when you're what you would call the right place in the right time, mm -hmm. but he does exceeding and wonderful things when you're going through the regular days of life. Mm -hmm. Verses 8 through 12, we look at the word then. God doesn't need a special conference or summit to depart life-changing information to you. He does it during the everyday throes of life. If you look at the text in verses eight through 12, Zechariah was minding his own business. He was doing what he does every day. Amen, he was doing his work as a priest. And so it was, this day was a little special, but it was more special than Zechariah would ever have imagined. Well. Look at the text. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. I want to give you a little information about this before I read further. Is that in this priesthood, it was a priesthood of 24 divisions starting in the days of David. So by now, the descendancy has grown and widened such that the priesthood was much larger than it was in the days of David. So now, your turn to do particular things with inside of the priesthood, some would only come around once in a lifetime. And so it was this day, it was a once in a lifetime thing that Zechariah was getting ready to do. It had fell on his lot, amen, to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. We find that incense uh, is a smooth savor. It is a beautiful aroma, as God says, in the nostrils of himself. It is a time in which burning of incense represents praise 
and worship unto God. And it's a sweet-smelling savor unto him. And now Zechariah is probably looking at this as being his apex. It's probably looking at him being at the tallest part on the mountain for his life. I mean, after all, he's gotten old now. And he doesn't have children for that to be a great thing. His wife is barren and he is getting ready to go to the grave. But now it has fallen his time to what he believes to be the apex and that is to go into the temple and offer incense on the altar. Well. Saints of God, here's something else that's instructive. When you have dreamed and you have uh, arranged and imagined the best thing that you might ever do for the Lord, even that can fall short. Don't, don't ever try to outthink God. Just let God be God all by himself. After you have dreamed and imagined the greatest thing you could ever do for God, don't close the doors. Because God just might have something for you that's even greater than that. Because he is the God of uh, a more greater and more exceedingly than anything we could ever ask or think. Keep the doors open. Keep the options there. Because you don't know what God might have for you. Now let's look at the text. When he did what was called uh, to him probably his apex moment, the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. It was the perfect situation to say, this have what I have lived for. And this is what I have lived to finally get to do in my old age. I, I've reached the best that I'm going to do now. And after I've done this, I can go home to my fathers. Well. But God had something else for Zechariah and Elizabeth. It wasn't time for him to light the incense and then go and lay down and go to the grave. No, God had some big time work for Zechariah to do in an unexpected way, in an unexpected place. Look at the text. Look at the text closely. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Priest after priest have gone in and lit the, on the altar of incense. Amen. But this one day at the end of Zechariah's life, when he thought the apex was just going in to light the, the altar and cause the incense to go up in the temple, God sends him an angel. God sends him an angel that no other priest had seen. Well. Not in this particular time. Amen. This was unique for Zechariah. The text says, uh, and when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fell fear, and fear fell upon him. Uh, don't get upset at Zechariah. Amen. Because I just believe if any of us had saw an angel like this angel, fear would fall on us as well. Because no one had seen one angel like this. This had, had not happened before. But now it is happening for Zechariah. Because God has some promises that have been unfulfilled. 
We look at the text and we see, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will, hear, will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. The angel comes to deliver the answer to a long lost prayer. A prayer that maybe Zacharias and Elizabeth maybe have forgotten now that they ever prayed. A, a, a prayer that they prayed in their 20s and a prayer that they prayed in their 30s and a prayer that they probably prayed in their 40s and now they're in the later years. Who knows, they may be 60 or 70 or 80 years old now. The, that time has passed on and they have forgotten more than they remember. Amen. It is at this time that the angel comes and says, God has heard your prayer. What prayers have you prayed that have not been answered? And you have forgotten that you prayed it. You have gone on and said, you know, it's been a long time and God has not answered it. So therefore, this is probably one that God won't answer. And you've gone on with your life. Amen. You have concluded that nothing is going to change. You have concluded that this is just the way things are going to be. What prayers have you forgotten? What prayers have you put on a shelf? Of forgetfulness. What prayers have you relegated to? It's just going to be that way. This text reminds us that it does not matter how long it has been. It does not mean because God has delayed. It does not mean it's denial. See, we a lot of times equate delay with denial. We say, well, the Lord just ain't going to do it. Amen, because it's been too long. But remember that God doesn't count slackness as men count slackness. Remember that God is not, even though we live in a microwave generation, God is not a microwave God. See, God knows at the perfect time to answer your prayer. Because when you prayed your prayer, you might not have been ready to receive it. You don't know what God is doing and what moves God is making in order to make what you have prayed for become a reality. And it may not be something that happens in 10 days, 10 weeks, 10 months, 10 years. May not even be in 10 decades. There are some things that may come to pass after you have been dead and gone. Amen. But there are things, amen, that have seemed to be forgotten of the Lord. But you don't stop praying and you don't stop believing because you don't know when God is going to answer your prayer. Zacharias and Elizabeth is well past the years of childbearing now. But here comes the angel, amen. And he is standing by the altar and, and, and he says, but the angel says to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. Not just bear him a child, bear him a son. Now that's significant, y'all. Because first things first, 
is bearing a child is one thing, but bearing a son is something entirely different. In their culture, it was so important to have sons. And God is now going to give them a son. But it's not just any son. Look at the text. When you look at the text, it says that you will bear a son and your son shall call, you shall call his name John. It is the verses that comes after this that really starts to open the eyes of Zechariah, but yet they remain closed. Listen to this. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now look at this, y'all. Not only has God answered Zechariah and Elizabeth's prayer in a time at which these prayers most definitely were on now on the shelf to be forgotten and to be buried, amen, as they went to the grave. God has now told them that they're going to have not just a child, but a son. Not just a son, but the son of promise that was promised all the way back in Malachi's day. God had promised the people of Israel from the Old Testament that there was coming a time that one in the way of Elijah was coming. And this Elijah would turn the people back to God. Now Zechariah in his life with his love is now having the son of the promise that has been shut off for 400 years. God has been quiet and now God now speaks again and he speaks again to an old man who's past his prime. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but somebody in here thinks that they have gone so far that they can't do that much no more. You can always do more than you think you can when you're serving the Lord. Because it's not you in the doing anyway. It's the Lord doing in you. Now look at the text how we find that this one who is promised that God has been quiet for 400 years and now he comes alive in the lives of Zechariah and Elizabeth giving them a son and he's not just any son but a son who's in the way or in the way order of Elijah. This son of theirs is not just any son because he's going to have the Holy Spirit from birth. No one comes out with the Holy Spirit from birth. Amen. We are born in sin. We are shaped in iniquity. We come out in original sin, but not John. John is special 
Because he is the promised one that God had said would come to the people to bring them back to him. So it is this John in the life of Zechariah. Amen. And so what we must realize is that God is still answering long-term prayers. But when God answers your prayers, you need to respond, right? Unfortunately, in our text, amen, Zechariah didn't respond very well. If you look at the text and you go down and you look at verse 18, and Zechariah said unto the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in her years. Uh, Zechariah saying, Come on, angel. Come on now. Uh, don't you see I'm old now and my wife is old too well, what kind of uh, statement is this you making see that's the kind of attitude that comes with the way that this particular response is framed uh, Zechariah's like uh-uh, uh, wait a minute now I, you know I've heard a lot of things but this is ridiculous that, that's the kind of thinking and the kind of uh, uh, mood and, and emotional response that Zechariah gave to the angel of the Lord. And the angel answered and said to him, uh, let me tell you something. I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. He said, first of all, wait a minute. Do you know who I am? I, I'm Gabriel. I, I stand in the presence of God. And so God has delivered this message to me personally to deliver to you. So this is a message that you ought to be believing. He says, now, let me tell you something. I, I'm not coming with my own stuff. He says, I'm coming with a message from the Lord. And then Gabriel says, he says, I, you know, I'm bringing you glad tidings. You ought to be happy right now, Zechariah. Instead of with this uh, uh, negative response you've given me, I come with glad tidings. I come to give you good news. The thing you've been praying for that you say you were trusting the Lord for, now I bring it to you, and now you come to me with this attitude. Well, he says, I'm Gabriel. He said, I ain't coming on my own account. I'm coming because the Lord sent me to you. And he sent me to lift up your bowed down head, to, to straighten out and to energize your humbled heart. Amen. This is what I come and you come with this negativity. But watch the Lord through the angel. Look at, look at the text. He said, but behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. Gabriel said, okay, you're going to come with this, this, this negative attitude and these, these words that are words of disbelief instead of belief. He says, okay, well, I'm not going to allow you, amen, to uh, sully up and muddy up anybody else with your disbelief. Right now, I'm just going to close your mouth. Well and you're not going to say nothing to nobody. Now, how about that? 
See, sometimes because we are not trusting in the Lord the way we ought to, and we have disbelief and negativity and, and, and unfaithfulness in our speech, God's got to put us in a place to where we can't talk to nobody. Sometimes God's got to put us down on our sick bed. Sometimes God's got to isolate us because God doesn't want all of our negativity to be what? Uh, selling up and dirtying up the belief of everybody else. So right now, Zechariah is going to have to be real quiet. But I believe when Zechariah was muted by the angel, he had time to think. Instead of him hearing his voice, now he could hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. And sometimes God got to shut our mouths so we can hear him. Amen. Because sometimes we really talk too much. Amen. Amen. So look at the text. Uh, He says and it's going to happen in their own time. These prophecies, these these, uh, uh, fulfillments will happen in their own time. It's not according to your timetable, Zechariah. You may think everything is past, the lights are off, the game is over, but God never told you that. And no matter what you believe, then those things will still come to pass. See, the angel came and he wasn't about no playing around. The angel came with the report and amen, he meant for him to receive it. Amen, and he doesn't want anything to deter it. Amen, so God gave him, amen, the authority to close Zechariah's mouth. So we look at the text, and things went on for a while. The text lets us see, and we see, and the people waited for Zechariah and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. They were like, what is going on? Where is Zechariah? Is he dead? Is he alive? What's going on? And when he came out, they marveled because they're like, wow, he was in there all that time, and he's still alive. So he comes out, but when he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. For he beckoned them and remained speechless. So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. Now ain't that interesting? Zechariah talked directly and saw directly the angel. The angel gave him the information firsthand and Zechariah's response was negative. The angel closes Zechariah's mouth and opens Elizabeth. Uh-huh. Oh, y'all follow me. Now, when he leaves and goes and be with his wife, his wife doesn't have to have the angel to come to her and to give her all of that information for her to start praising the Lord. Well. Does God actually got to come down from glory to come down to here to be in your presence for you to praise him? Or can you praise him just because God is who he is? Yeah. 
Can you praise him by looking at your life and seeing what God has already done for you, that you lift up your hands and you give him a praise from your lips? Not because he sent a special angel to you that came with great glory, but because of the life that you live today ought to be enough for you to praise him. Elizabeth saw that in that God had answered her prayer. God had answered her prayer in her life and she began to praise him. So as I close this message for today, some of you got unanswered prayers today. And so my prayer for you today is that when God answers it, even though it may be a prayer that you thought was long and forgotten, a prayer that you did not think was delayed, but you thought was denied. When that prayer comes to fruition, that you don't doubt that it's from the Lord, that you don't stop long enough to give God his glory, that you don't stop long enough to witness of the goodness of Jesus and all he is doing in your life. No matter whether it's today or 10 years from today, that you know that you know that to know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ever ask or think. And when we talk about the exceeding abundance, we can't stop without talking about the work of Jesus. We can't stop him without talking about how he prayed for us in the Garden of Gethsemane. We can't stop without talking about how he sweated uh, like beads of blood because of the anguish of the work that was before him. We can't stop talking about how when the Roman soldiers came and got him, and they took him to six kangaroo courts. How they marched him from judgment hall to judgment hall. Whipping him all night long. But he didn't say a mumbling word. We can't stop there without knowing about the great work of Jesus. That when they marched him down the Via Della Rosa. To outside of the walls of Jerusalem. To that place called Golgotha Hill. At the Golgotha's Hill they put nails in his hands. And they put nails in his feet <laughs> and they lifted him up and he was hanging on that cross for you and for me we can't forget that God is still an answerer of prayers it had been thousands of years since things had started but now God was finishing it in his son it was in his son Jesus that my sins and your sins were nailed to the cross and that he hung with our sins from the third to the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, he died. But that wasn't the end of the story. But Jesus, they took him down from that old rugged cross. And they put him in a borrowed tomb. He was in that tomb all night Friday. He was in that tomb all day Saturday. He was in that tomb all night Saturday night. That he was dead. Yes, he was. He died and our sins died with him. So that our sins would be cast into the sea of forgetfulness. To never be remembered anymore. But the end of the story doesn't end there. Because it was early, early Sunday morning that he got up with all power in his hand. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And then he gave sight to the blind. He made the dumb to talk and the lame to walk. He was here for a 40-day layover.
He stepped out on a cloud and went back to glory. And now he's at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and for me. And one of these days, in one of these days, he's coming back for a church without spot or blemish. Will you be ready? Will the Lord find you faithful over a few things when he returns? For we shall give an account of our stewardship before the Lord. And we want to be those who have said to the Lord, I've done all that you have commanded me to do. And then we shall enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. It shall be howdy, howdy, and never goodbye. No more pain, no more suffering, no more cancer, no more diabetes, no more high blood pressure, no more fighting, no more war. It will all be over, for he himself is our peace, and we shall have peace that surpasses all understanding. Praise the name of the Lord, for he's so worthy to be praised. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. Amen. The doors of the church are open. Amen. There may be somebody here today, amen, that needs to get their business fixed with the law. Amen. It is the time right now while blood is running warm in your veins to get your business. Don't wait another minute, another second, nor another hour. His arms open wide. For the whosoever wins. Amen. <laughs> and praise the Lord because he's able. He's able to always do more than we could ever think. Trust him in all your ways and all your doings. No matter how much it seems like he has forgotten you. Trust him that he's always remembering your prayers. The time is to come to Christ if you don't know him. If you need prayer, amen. If you need anything, amen. To rededicate your life right now is the time to do so. Amen. Come unto Why? 